Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring Welcome to out. the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. Welcome back to the best fantasy football show on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself. And today I got my guy with me, the Fantasy Phenom, Young Vander. Holla at the people. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, it's just the two of us today, but we're going to make sure we bring the heat. Bro Joe, make sure you take care of the fam. We'll see you next week. We have an epic show for you guys today. This is the That's My Mans and Them episode. We stake our claim. We put our name on it. We say it with our chest. These are your league winners. But first, we're going to go ahead and start with our news. And now your fantasy news. We have Baker Mayfield, who has supposedly won the job. Um, Don't know if that's saying much. Um, If I'm Tampa, I'm definitely one of the first teams trying to call the 49ers, your boys, to see whether or not uh, we can go ahead and get Trey Lance because he may just be their best shot off top. Um, So how do you feel about the Baker Mayfield situation and the Trey Lance situation? I mean, it just seemed like Tampa Bay chose the lesser of two evils, right? <laughs> um, I think they're kind of making a mistake here, only being that these guys are pretty much neck and neck as far as this competition. Yeah. And, but you already know what Baker Mayfield is. You already know what True. you're going to get. Um, I think you should get the guy Kyle Trask, you know, give him an opportunity, see if there's anything there before even moving forward to a guy like a Trey Lance. You don't even know what you have here um, in, in him. So I think if it's even – you got to give the younger guy the opportunity. So does that make you kind of feel like it being even is just them being nice and not trying to destroy his confidence? Because if we know that if it's even, you should go with the younger guy, you would think they would know it. So maybe well, it ain't quite even. <laughs> yeah, well, it's two things, right? Uh, number one, he's the veteran. He has right. uh, experience being the starter, and they pay him money to come in. True. So I think those two factors – uh, kind of like gave the leverage a little bit more to Baker than it did for Kyle Trask. I'm just hoping that uh, they know what they're doing because I've seen this movie before and it don't normally end very well. But um, things are looking up for Joe Burrow. Looks like he's going to be ready for week one. No, he had that calf injury and everything. But um, his coach is basically saying he's looked as good as of late as they've ever seen him look. So I don't know, again, if that's coach speak, and they're trying to, you know, prep him up a little bit. I mean, his his boy, Chase, basically said that, uh, you know, don't come back to week four if you take it, because I just want to make sure that you're good for the long haul. So how you feeling about this whole Joe Burrow situation? Well, I mean, I think, you know, Chase is speaking from experience uh, with him last year. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you know, you want to be out there with the guys, so you're kind of forcing your return. Uh, being a cap injury, he was doing a little trotting around the last preseason game. Uh, so he may be all right. You know, it's different for a quarterback than it is for a wide receiver as far as movement, things sure. like that. So, and Burrow's not known for a guy that is a runner. So he don't need very much movement um, as far as you know, that calf injury. So I think he'll be back a lot sooner than you would in a guy like a skill position guy. You got Jonathan Taylor, who has been given permission to seek a trade. However, the caveat is, that trade has to be facilitated by or before next Tuesday, which is when the 53-man roster has to be solidified. So do you kind of feel like this is a, I'm kind of giving you permission, but I almost kind of want you to fall flat on your face? I just don't want anybody else to be able to say that I didn't give you a chance or how are you feeling about this Jonathan Taylor situation here? I'm surprised, actually, um, that Ursay even gave him this opportunity. Thanks. Um, <laughs> 
But being that it's, it's such a short window, that's kind of expected because the season's about to start, right? Right. Um, so the thing is the compensation. What would you get back? You know, it's been rumors that the Colts are looking for a first round pick. I don't oh. see that. Uh, 49ers, I mean, Carolina didn't even get a first round pick for, for Christian McCaffrey. So right, right, first right. round pick, I don't I don't see it. But. Right. Either a multitude of picks similar to a McCaffrey deal. Um, a lot of execs around the league are saying things like, you know, a second is possible. Some people say maybe a third and a fifth. Um, so it's probably going to be a collective of picks. Uh, a first round pick is kind of reaching. Um, but again, if you're a team like uh, Kansas City. Buffalo? Or oh, Kansas City. What I'm saying is we're not saying they're interested, but where your first round pick is more like a second, early second, because it's so late, that'd be a team I think would probably try to take the opportunity because it's not an early pick. Kind of an early pick is different, but if you're a guy and you're a team that's expected to be late in the playoffs, then pick 31, pick 29 is not really that bad of a trade-off for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that makes sense, especially if it can get you over the hump and, and get you in the Super Bowl or help you win the Super Bowl. So right. uh, Josh Jacobs is staying in Las Vegas. However, there isn't a contract that's imminent. So is he actually going to play if they don't give him a contract? Or is he going to be the one to kind of stand on his principles and maybe won't come back to like, you know, week six or seven? So that way he still gets credit for the league year, but he can kind of still stick it to the team a little bit. No, I think he's going to play, actually. Um, him being in Vegas is a big sign, right? Because yeah, think about true. it, he left. <laughs> so now he's back. Um, so I think they're going to try to get a deal done, maybe similar to like a Saquon. Oh, you got that mm. one year with a, a little additional money. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a deal similar to that. But I think he's going to play. Devontae Adams was kind of vocal about it. Want him out on the field as well. So I think Jacob's week one should be... You know, he doesn't have to get ready. He's he's already in shape. He knows the playbook. So I think they'll get something done before the season kicks off. Continuing along down the path of running backs, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to help me out with this one. Cause on on, on with my fandom hat, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of like this. This makes sense. But with my fantasy football hat, I'm like, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so the Patriots are giving Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, kind of an uptick, if you will, in usage per Mike Reese, um, who's kind of the the guy in the know as far as the uh, Patriots are concerned. So how is this going to work out for fantasy? Do, do we now have to knock Stevenson down several notches, being that Zeke is getting goal line work and he's looking to be the, uh, the, the third down guy catching the passes out of the backfield without having that pass catching work? That kind of hurts a guy that I, I kind of had in my top 10 as far as PPR is concerned if he isn't going to be getting any pass reception. So how how bad does this hurt Stevenson? Or is it an overreaction? And in real-world football, is this a step in the right direction? Or should Stevenson just have been the man? I mean, I think Stevenson has just been the man. Um, but this is not the case. This is like the Corey Dillon experiment all over again, right? <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, and we said this, you know, at least I did. I think you did as well. Um, Zeke is going to vulture, you know, take some of that third down, third down roll pass protection because he's great at that and also goal line work. And those two things really hurt a guy like Stevenson because, I mean, he's a third down, he's a three down back himself. I mean, right. can, yeah, should have been at least. Right. <laughs> For all the owners that had him was thinking he's going to be by himself because the other guys didn't see much of a threat. You know, the Ty Montgomery's, the Kevin Harris's of the world didn't look he as much. Strong. Right. But this guy, Zeke, is a little bit more of a threat. He's a big body. Um, so those goal line touches, again, if you're taking those away, then definitely it's going to take a hit. So where a lot of people thought Ramondre would probably be a top seven on a lot of lists up there in that range, top ten. He, this could hurt, could hurt a little bit. So if you're the guy that has Stevenson, do you stand pat or do you try to move him before you see how much of a role Zeke is going to have? Well, if I'm in a redraft league, then I may move. But in the dynasty league, definitely not because Zeke may be a one-year thing, right? Okay. So I think if you're in a dynasty league, you keep him. But I think if you're in a redraft league, I would consider 
it depends on what you're getting back the compensation, but you know, it really depends if it's redraft or dynasty for me. And this is why we don't draft until right when the season is about to start. Cause you just don't know what happens. It's going to happen. Injury rise, last minute trades that completely upset the apple cart for somebody. It's a steal. Whoever got Zeke when, you know, nobody was drafting him. But for the person that drafted Stevenson as if he was possibly going to be somewhere between running back five to ten, not so much now, in my humble opinion. Uh, Speaking of another handcuff, Elijah Mitchell is back at practice on Monday. Man, look, he's one of those guys that make that list of people that I'm just not going to touch. He he just stays hurt. Like, I I don't I, I can't trust him. And even if he stays healthy for the year, I don't I don't know that I would want to buy that lottery ticket and hope for the best, if that makes sense. What you got on your guy? I mean, if he could stay healthy, then I'll take him. I mean, because think about it. When he was, when even last year, he was getting a lot of carries with McCaffrey on the team, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but that if, that's a big if. If it's a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, injuries, that's always been his thing. But, I mean, yeah. if he's healthy, I think he's a good play. Uh, he's been getting, you know, 10, 12 carries, you know, games where McCaffrey's in, then we keep him fresh. So, but he's one of the most popular handcuffs in the league. If you've got McCaffrey, hopefully you have him as well. So, or if you are the Mitchell owner, you can wave him and dangle him in, in front of the McCaffrey owner's face for another piece. But, um, he's kind of like most 2.0. That makes sense. Like these guys, yeah, they do well. Yeah. He's made for this system, but. Health has always been the issue. Just like uh, uh, Wilson, too. I mean, like, they, they when they're in there, they're in there. But yeah. how often are they in there? That's why it's normally like four or five of them available because they know that the guy that's the guy might not be the guy in any given time. So it's, it's interesting how the 49ers seem to always get those guys that stay hurt but produce when they're not hurt. It's like they go after that guy for some reason. But speaking of a couple other guys that are hurt that, Kind of want to get your opinion on whether or not it's a big deal, small deal, no deal at all. We have a few wide receivers to speak of. Have Jackson Smith and Zimba, the rookie out of Seattle, my Buckeye. He has a slight fracture in his wrist that he's having to get surgery on. But the word around town is that they're optimistic that he may still be able to go week one. Are you as optimistic or do you kind of reserve a little bit more? No, I heard some other things as well. I heard he could possibly be out maybe a three. This is a three to four week thing. So that may push him out to miss week one. Um, That boy hand looked like Pillsbury Doughboy. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty, pretty swollen. So, um, again, this could maybe be a three, four week injury thing. And I think that'll cut him kind of close to week one. Um, right. So I, I could see him missing the first week. They got the Rams who's probably going to be one of the worst pass defenses in the league this year. So I think they're okay with sitting him for that first week and maybe getting back in there week two or three. Now, we also have Terry McLaurin, who is currently day-to-day with the toe injury. I know it's day-to-day, but those toe, ankle, feet, you know, those lower extremity injuries, they can just pop back up at any point in time. At least it's not a Liz Frank sort of a situation. But how do we feel about this toe injury as far as Scary Terry is concerned? I think he avoided a, a major injury. This could have – a lot of people thought it was going to be turf toe. Um, right. Oh, yeah, that's another big one. Right. So it's a sprain. So that's that's pretty good news for him. Um, it seems like he was heavily involved uh, when in the last preseason game. So uh, they dodged a bullet there. So I think he should be fine. I think he should just, um, you know, roll them out as, as norm with that injury. And lastly, we have Jalen Waddle, who is still dealing with the abdomen injury, and the Dolphins are trying to bring him along, you know, slowly, if you will. They're being cautious with him. Does that give you cause for pause that this may be something that can kind of pop back up uh, during the regular season? Or are they kind of taking the route of none of these games matter right now? We already know what you can do on the field, so we're just not going to risk it. Like, for me, sometimes when a football team feels that a football player playing football is a risk. That's that's kind of scary for me to have all the confidence in him if your team doesn't. But how do you feel about Waddle? I think he's fine. I think it's just maintenance. Um, again, these games are meaningless, and you want to be ready uh, week one. So, I mean, 
I don't, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about if you are a Waddle owner. That pretty much does it for the news. We're going to go ahead and get into my mans in there. Dog, that's my mans in there. So what I'm doing, right, right. my mans in them is doing. Because right. that's my mans in there. You know? I feel you. Thank you, sir. I feel you. All right. So, again, this is where we stake our claim. We put our name on the line. We tell you who the league winners are going to be. And uh, we'll give you our logic behind it. We're going to start out with the quarterbacks. Um, I do have two quarterbacks and then an honorable mention. Um, I'll start out with Justin Fields. Justin Fields for me, the Bears quarterback. Last season, he had arguably one of the best rushing outputs we've seen from a quarterback. But they've also added DJ Moore in the offseason. Uh, Chase Claypool will now have had a, a half of a season and then a full offseason to get acclimated to the offense. And now the guy that was your number one receiver is your number three receiver, uh, being Darnell Mooney. And it looks like Fields and Cole Komet had a pretty decent rapport as well. You add to that, you have uh, Herbert, who's going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, along with a thumper like Deontay Foreman and then Rashawn Johnson, the rookie, who's kind of a chameleon, can do a little bit of both. I'm really feeling like I also combine the fact that Phil's average somewhere around about 20 and a half points per game. Obviously, some games are way higher than that. A few games are a little lower than that. But this guy has the tools and the skill set to be one of them. And right now, I kind of feel like he can end up being a top five QB and he's not been currently drafted there as far as ADP is concerned. Justin Fields is my man's in there. What you think about Justin? Hmm, man, I I gotta see it. You know, I mean, as far as his arm goes, um, we know what he bring with the legs, but do you expect right. another season of that? No. I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's going to uh, rush as much, nearly as much. I don't think he'll have to, though. Right. But the weapons that he has now, I think he can get a lot more yards as far as throwing the ball and a lot of yak. Yeah, I, I want to see him uh, be successful as a passer um, before I really buy the Justin Fields thing. I mean, um, if you watch those games, like this dude was running a whole lot last year. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I seen one game here, like over 20 carries or something. So um, that's a lot for a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but I want to see him, DJ Moore. I want to see the rapport. I want everything that the Cole commit. I hope that thing still continues. Mooney now moves to the number two, which is a good spot for him. Um, but I want to see it all connect before I really buy it. You know what I mean? And again, I know you want to be ahead of the curve a lot of times. Uh, we know the athleticism he has and the promising passer he was coming out Ohio State. But uh, I want to see it. I've because I'm a Buckeye fan, I've seen him throwing the ball plenty. Yeah. So for me, I can say that I've seen him be able to pass the ball when there's someone good enough out there to catch the ball. So that's why I'm a little bit ahead of the curve, if you will, as far as feeling like he's going to be solidified this year as that dude. I, I kind of feel like he's going to be kind of like, okay, when uh, Jalen Hurts, um, got AJ Brown. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about Justin Fields getting DJ Moore. And I'll talk a little bit about DJ Moore a little bit later on, but I, I kind of feel that same level of increase. And I, and, and I feel that if you were ahead of the curve on Hertz, it's, it's the same type of scenario, uh, the same type of uh, offensive output with Fields this year. But who you got up first? I'm gonna go Anthony Richardson, right? Okay. Um, I mean, this guy's ADP is like 112. Um, so that kind of puts him in sleeper territory. But I mean, we had a conversation a few shows back where I spoke on Tim Tebow when he was a starter. Right. He finished. We seen Taysom Hill when he plays QB one numbers. And we just spoke about Justin Fields last year. 
He wasn't a great right. passer of football, but look at the impact he had as a runner. This dude got it. Yeah. I mean, he's big. He's fast. He's extremely athletic. And uh, I, I think this guy here can can really be a winner. I could see him finishing top 10. Um, And that would be a good breakout for a guy like him. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to say seven, top seven is possible. He's starting right off the gate. Now, we don't know who his running back is going to be because John DeTel can But again, that may be in his favor as far as, you know, taking off a little bit more. Also, with the new coach there, you know, they got that rugby style play. They love to run on the one. I mean, this big body duel, I could see him have at least seven rushing touchdowns this year. I think that's very doable for him. Um, he may even, maybe seven to 10. I think he can very well maybe touch double digit touchdown rushes, but definitely seven. And I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson, man. He, he's just my guy. I think he can be a breakout. It's not going to be pretty. It's not like if, you, if you're watching football, it's not going to look good football wise. But as far as fantasy, I think this guy here can uh, be definitely a, a, a winner this year. Yeah, I, I want to disagree with you just for entertainment purposes, but yeah. I can't. <laughs> here's the thing, right? Richardson is most likely going to be in the same or similar scenario that Justin Fields was in last year. Right. He's just as athletic. But he's also a bigger guy, so less likely to get hurt. Better O-line than what Justin Fields had. And, I mean, as far as fantasy is concerned, it's checking all the boxes for a a, a fantasy uptick, if you will. And when you're talking about where his current ADP is, I think that'll increase quite a bit now that people know that he's going to be the guy. But I don't think it'll increase to the point where you have to shy away from him. So, yeah, I mean, spot on. Anthony Richardson is definitely one of those dudes. I mean, anytime, man, you got a dual quarterback, he's always money when it comes to fantasy. Um, and this dude, he has a, I mean, he has a can of an arm. He's going to have some growing pains yeah. for sure. But, again, um, let's say he finishes 80 yards and a touchdown, right? 60 yards and a touchdown. Right. That's already 12 points. There, yeah. there hasn't been anything done with your arm yet. So 60 yards and a touchdown is already at 12. And that's – I'm not saying you're going to average 60 yards a game rushing, but 60 yards and a touchdown or 45 yards and a touchdown is not – there's going to be some games where he can have some big games due to the legs. So Very doable, definitely. Now, my next guy up, Jared Goff. Hmm. Jared Goff, average draft position is QB 17. He finished as QB 10 last year. The O-line is better, more weapons, more familiar with the system. There's no way, barring injury, that he doesn't outdo that current ADP. Mm. So for me, when you can get a guy that can be a top 10, but in a one QB league especially, when you're talking the average of 12 teams, this guy is going to be available Possibly on the waiver. I mean, because a lot of people don't do, you know, two quarterbacks in a, in a one QB league. But even right. when you're looking at two QB leagues or super flex leagues, this is going to be a guy that you can get as your starter. And you've already taken care of all of your other positions. So I, I just really see him not only being safe, but having upside and giving you the ability to take care of your you know, you're starting running back, you're starting wide receiver, a flex spot or two, and he still be there and give you the upside of still being a top 10 QB. So for me, Jared Goff is easily my man's in there. Mm. Who's your dig- second guy? Do you have a second guy for quarterback? Yeah, real quick. I'm going to dig a little deeper on it. You know, I always like to get a guy that nobody uh, really – pays attention to or, you know, not one of the guys expected. But I got to go back to the Mac Jones experiment, man. Mm, okay. Um, why not? Um, He has an offensive coordinator. Right. You know, now he has somebody that can really call plays. He don't have a defensive guy calling offensive plays. And I think year two really hurt his growth. Um, yeah. A lot of people forgot the season that he had as a rookie. I mean, it was a Pro Bowl season. Right. 30-20 yards, 22 touchdowns. 
completed 67% of his passes, not bad. Um, and I think he can build off of the first season. Just erase the sec- erase last season about your mind. That, that never happened. It shouldn't count for a guy like Matt Jones. I don't think it's fair to him. Um, but he has a few weapons here. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster now is in the fold. Um, right. We hear this 12 personnel going to be coming around, Jaseki. And um, what's my guy's name? Uh, Hunter Henry. Henry, who they say yeah. has a, a really good connection so far in camp. Um, and uh, you got, you know, the, the signal caller, like I say, our offensive mind, um, who has a familiar familiar with him as far as Alabama and things like that. So I'm going with Mac Jones, man. I think if you dig in deep, there's a guy who can very well have a great season and surprise a few people. He's not going to be on, on radars due to last season and due to people trying to put him in a contract, a quarterback controversy um, with the backup. So I'm going to say Matt Jones, man, will be my guy that people sleeping on, but I think can very well pay dividends this year. Your lips to God's ears. I'll take it. Anything, <laughs> any any good news <laughs> dealing with the Patriots, I'll take it because lately all the news ain't been good news. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, my honorable mention for QB, I'm going to throw out there, and this is a guy that um, he he took a step up last year, but I think this year we can kind of see him being the guy that we all thought he was going to be coming out of college. That's Trevor Lawrence. They got an adult in the room at coach. They put together a squad that now he has talent all across the field, including coming out of the backfield. He can run the ball, so he's not a running QB, but he's going to get you, yeah, twenty, you know, twenty, thirty yards in rushing just by happenstance in most games. So I love his floor, and if Ridley is anything close to what he used to be i i don't see how lawrence isn't one of those guys this year and based on where he's been drafted right now i can kind of definitely see him outperforming his current adp so my honorable mention at qb i'm gonna throw out there uh trevor lawrence you got an honorable mention i've been moving on to rb we can go all right so with running back um why don't you go ahead and start us out with your first running back Okay. Oh my God. And, and this is it's this is boring news, right? Because okay. there's been so much uh so much um shh. and that's in Minnesota. And this it would be Alexander Madison. Um, okay. But this undisclosed injury, they're not speaking on it. Who knows what's going on? Um but if you look at the seven career games, we has 15 plus touches. Um, he's averaged 16 fantasy points a game. And that would have put him at running back eight last year. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to take that. If he can finish running back eight, that's a hell of a climb, uh, being where he's um, currently being drafted at. And in those seven games, he averaged 123 total yards. Um, so, and the guy can catch out of backfield. He's big enough for them to let him punch him in. He punch, he he vultured many a couple touchdowns last year from Dalvin Cook. Yeah, because I had Dalvin. Um, so um, he isn't a sure thing, I would say, but I'm optimistic that um, you know, he can he can do well this year. And it depends again if Kareem Hunt is signed. There's been all kind of different things thrown around. So let's wait and see. They've been looking at uh, JT right now. And based on the fact that you really don't have to pay running backs all that much money, like if if you got Jefferson and JT on the same team, yeah. man, let me just say Madison though. Pat Madison just got a little small check, you know, he got a little check from them. Um, and then again, Jefferson, you spoke of him. Another reason why I think this guy gonna see some pretty decent running lanes because safety's gonna have to play Max. back messing with Justin Jefferson. So with the with the fear of the past. So I, I think those will create better running situations for him. So I'm going to say Alexander Madison for me. I like it. I like it. So my first running back up, Aaron Jones. He is uh, RB1, has been for several years, but his average draft position is running back 16. He was RB9 last year. And I can see 
quite an increase as far as the temps are concerned. There's no way they let Jordan Love throw the ball as much as they let Aaron Rodgers throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how he doesn't have more bites at the apple. And with those additional attempts, I can see him doing work. So if you can get a guy at RB 16 that has been a top 10 RB for the last several years when he hasn't been hurt, I don't see how you can go wrong with Jones. Um, if you started out, you know, maybe you started out wide receiver, wide receiver. Jones will still be there. And you're getting RB1 value, and you've already solidified your wide receiver spot. So, I mean, I, I just don't – A.J. Dillon isn't the dude that we thought he was going to grow into be. I, I, and unless there's some huge turnaround with him this year, I don't see Jones getting any less carries. And with the increase in attempts, just in general, even if Dylan does get a few more bites at the apple, Jones's worst case scenario is getting as many as he got last year because of the overall increase in our running back rushing attempts in general for the team. And you got to think about it too. The coach prefers to run the ball. It was just the fact that he had Aaron Rodgers there who was kind of, you know, basically saying like, nah, that, that, I, I'm, I'm him. I'm going to throw the ball. So that's what kept the attempts down for the running back. And again, he was still RB9 last year and I believe RB8 the year before. So I love the prognosis for Aaron Jones coming up this year. Do you see it differently or am I, or, or, or do you feel like I'm on the right path here? No, nah, I could buy that. I mean, like you said, this coach really comes from a running, you know, style of play. Um, and again, I mean, what's more comfortable? a quarterback as a running game um at the same time aaron jones can also catch the ball absolutely and i could see them i could see joe love doing a lot of dump offs to him as well so um i buy it you know what i'm saying i think aaron jones is kind of um you know being running back 16 he's definitely being slept on so i definitely buy that who you got next up again man you know me i like to try to dig deep sometimes i don't want to go with the the norm, norm um, guys that look more typical, but I'm going to go Zach Charbonnet. Okay. Yeah. This Tell guy, me more. This guy can be a winner, man. Um, Look at his side. I mean, Kendrick Walker is the starter, but he's coming off a major injury. Right. He's already injured now. Like, you know, he's just working his way back to practice. And Charbonnet is not only a big body, He's probably the best pass catcher on the team with that big body. You know what I'm saying? The guy can really catch the football. Um, we already know how Seattle does with the running backs when given opportunity. I think he's going to take some opportunity early. And with that, with that, I think he can maybe steal a lot of, you know what I'm saying, um, carries and things like that. From that who, would you, who would you say is a goal back? Well, probably Zach. I mean, if you had to pick out of one, you would say, I mean. I'm going to give it to the bigger guy that has just as much burst as the smaller guy. And who's and he's already the best pass catcher in the team. As far I, as I would, I, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Best concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best, he's the best pass catcher running back on the team. So that's a recipe. Got a point. That's a recipe to, you know, goal line and receiving. That's a recipe to, to, to get you – you know, some some playing time. So he's a guy people are not really looking at. So I like I like him. Um and he don't have the same, you know, he's not a uh, this big burst, but he's physical, you know what I'm saying? A downhill runner, man. And this is the kind of kid that Pete Carroll likes. So I'm he falls go, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Zach Charbonnet. And I think he can very well uh be at the end of this because you gotta understand, right? The season is broken down to so many parts. Right. I think he could be the guy at the tail end. On the back end. Right. Gotcha. To definitely uh get you over the hump. Because I mean, let's see, let's see if Walker can last the whole season. He's been bitten by the injury bug a good bit, bitten right now as we speak. Right. So who <laughs> right. One, who, and that's a pretty, pretty running tough division. You got point on us twice. You know what I'm saying? The Rams defense is all right. Um, so let's see. Let's see if he can hold up. I'm gonna go Zach Charbonnet, man. Out of out of out of the blue, out of nowhere. I like it. I like it, especially when you when it's a guy that 
you don't have to put very much capital in at all. And if it does go left, whatever. I mean, you, you didn't have it, it wasn't like you you banked your draft on them. But if it goes right, man, like th- that could be one of those moves that definitely wins the season for you. Right, so, Real quick, let me ask you a question mm-hmm. though. Are you comfortable if you're if you're sitting your draft on right now, are you comfortable with playing with, with drafting uh Kent Walker? That's a question you have to ask Are you comfortable drafting Kenneth Walker right now as of today? I'll tell you why I am. Mm-hmm. Because I can get Charbonnet without it costing very much. And I'm comfortable with the combination of the two of them. Charbonnet not included. This, this Charbonnet toy, not included. This toy, this toy don't come with the batteries included. They're separate. You, you know how some toy they say batteries <laughs> included. Nah, there ain't no batteries in this one. No warranty, no batteries. Oh, man. Are you, are you confident with drafting this guy standalone? And you can't, and the handcuff is not yours. Are you comfortable? There's some pivots I would prefer to take around his same ADP mm. versus taking him. Um, and for that he, reason. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, this, this next guy, you actually just talked about him a couple minutes ago, but I was flabbergasted when I saw his current average draft position. It just doesn't make sense. But Dalvin Cook, four straight seasons with 1,000 yards or more. His handcuff is now Brees Hall, who's recovering from an injury that normally minimally takes you half a season to really get back from. And for many running backs, it'll take you a full season. It's not until that following season that you really get back. And this guy is RB30. Hmm? As average draft position coming off the board, that's that's, that's like, going to rise though as the season. Uh, now that the news, that's probably before the news. But yeah. here's the thing: National Draft Day is coming up in like a week. So right. unless unless you're paying attention, people normally draft who they see, and I don't see it rising so much to the point where he's going to be where he should be. He's going to be one of those guys that you have to already just have queued up or one of those guys that you already have in mind because a lot of people, again, you know, okay, I see the four wide receivers on the board. I see the four running backs. I see the four quarterbacks, the couple of tight ends, whatever the case may be. Next thing you know, somebody picks him and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Dalvin Cook was still there? Because normally when you have a guy like this that's that far down the board, you just assume that somebody else has already picked them, especially with those of us who really don't pay too much attention to other people who have drafted. We're just right. kind of paying attention to, you know, our own team, if you will. You assume that a guy that good has already been picked. So mm-hmm. that's the reason why I feel like in the next week, week and a half or so, he isn't going to rise by but so much. By the time you, you know, those people that are drafting, you know, the weekend of or like, you know, that, you know, that that Saturday, that Sunday before Thursday night football starts there, he's probably going to be right about, you know, close to where he should be. But right now he's almost in running back sleeper territory. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's crazy that he can be RB 30 as if he wasn't going to be playing at, at some point somewhere. But a guy with that consistency now with having the best quarterback that he's played with um, at the helm, I can see him doing as much, if not more. And I don't see Brees Hall being an impediment. I can see that actually being an improvement for him because now he doesn't have to get worn down by the second half of the season and play through injury based on the workload that he had on the front end. He can actually still be fresh or they can kind of keep each other fresh throughout the season and then it's not just the two of them that there's you know other guys that can be involved while Brees Hall is on the men so Dalvin Cook that's my man's in there I mean I love it if 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 he, if he could definitely stay that low I love it I mean I just don't see how uh in the algorithm or however you want to call it he's not going to rise by the next week I mean I, I love it. If, if if it doesn't happen, cool. I'll be one of those guys sitting there waiting. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm thinking in the next week, this guy definitely should rise for sure. Like there's well, no he should way. for sure. <laughs> there's there's no way they can let this guy stay at running back twenty eight or something like that. I'll be 
highly, highly shocked, if so. What you got next for me? Oh, man. Um, I, I'm ready to move on to the next position, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Um, Start us out with wide receiver. And and this kind of goes off of the guy you had as a um honorable mention for quarterback. So I gotta go with this new toy, fresh legs, Calvin Ridley. Um he's my guy. Um he's now making his return to the league, you know, after nearly a two-year hiatus. Um and you hear all the stories in camp, man. This people are like, wow, they're wild bomb, you know what I'm saying? The route run, he, he's always been a good route runner. So that's right. another. He's in the right offense. Um, we've seen the maturation of Trevor Lawrence. He's getting better. He's trending up another year in his Doug Peterson's offense. And um, I think this is he's wide receiver one. I think he'd be wide receiver one. He's not being currently drafted as one. Right. Um, but I definitely think he he's definitely uh for me, he definitely gonna be my man's and then um because I mean his competition is Christian Kirk. You know, he's gonna take some 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 targets and maybe even Ingram as well. But I think it's gonna be enough to go around for this guy to be successful. Um, so and I think he has a lot to prove as well. So he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. So I, I'm gonna go with Calvin Ridley for me at the wide receiver position. I like it. I like it. Um I, I have no complaints, I have no uh rebuttals. I, I can see him going back to being him. Um I just hope nobody tries to steal his girlfriend in the middle of the season or he might go back to not being able to play anymore. I hope he get his mind right, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, so my first wide receiver is actually a stack with my first QB. I believe DJ Moore is about to go off this year. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore finally has a QB. He he's His average draft position is wide receiver 19. Best QB he's ever had. Best wide receiver on the team. I I can't not see a breakout for him unless there's an uh, injury. Now, even prior to when he was in Carolina, he was a very much consistent wide receiver. He just didn't have some of the high highs that I can see him having with having this particular system and having this particular quarterback. I can see him being fast friends and being the go-to guy for Justin Fields. And I think they're going to feed off of each other quite a bit. He's one of the reasons why I feel like Fields is going to be that dude. And Fields is one of the reasons I feel like DJ Moore is going to be that dude. So for me, my first wide receiver out the gate is going to be DJ Moore. I see him being a wide receiver one, which means somewhere between wide receiver one to 12. Probably back in wide receiver one. I'm, I'm thinking somewhere between nine to 12 is most likely. But he has the capability to be that, you know, wide receiver six, seven, eight, um, just depending on how things work out as far as Chicago's offense is concerned, injury, things of that nature. But I'm really, really high on DJ Moore. Talk me off the ledge or pat me on the back. Which one is it? Man, you're talking about six, seven, eight. I definitely got to talk you off the ledge with that. You're going to look <laughs> too far. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, again, we talk about Justin Fields. I got to see it. It looks good. I've seen it though. I'm a Buckeye. I've seen, seen the man play for, oh, no, no, for three years. I want to see it in the NFL. I've seen a lot of people. Hey, I look at all these Texas Tech quarterbacks from the past. Just throw for five thousand. Not the same. Why not? Why not? I got to see it. Let me see it on the on this stage. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I mean, is he the best quarterback that DJ Moore had? I guess. Who, who's better? I guess. I mean, Fields hasn't shown me anything as a passer. So what's he didn't have anybody to pass the ball to? He had a Pro Bowl receiver in Allen Robinson. Was that, he not? That was that wasn't on Fields. That was on the coach. The coach the coach hated Robinson. Like like they they didn't get him and he didn't even get targets. Like 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 in general. Right. Like, but but that 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 was that was a few other complications involved there. And and then I mean. And I don't I don't know what the deal is with that because even when Robinson went to the Rams, he wasn't targeted at all. I don't know if he's pissing people off in practice, if he's you know cussing out the coaches on the sideline or what. But 
he's way too talented to have gone to two different situations and not even be looked at. So I, I don't I don't really know how to judge that, but something going on with that situation. I wouldn't necessarily judge him by Robinson. I mean, I like DJ Moore, but I don't think he's going to be. So what, what wide receiver one? What is the cutoff on that? Well, the well, average the average well. It depends on the size of your league. So the average league, I would say, is about 12 people. So uh, wide receivers 1 through 12 would be your RB1s. 13 through 24 would be your – excuse me, your wide receiver 1s. Then twelve, then 13 through 24 would be your wide receiver 2s. So that, that's how I'm kind of judging. I can see 12. 6, I think you're wilding. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think you're wilding. 6, I think you're going to go too far. Special things can happen. I, I I can see them eight through twelve. To to be realistic, I can, and, and as you said on the previous show, that may be one touchdown difference between wide receivers eight through twelve. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I I can see him in that realm of possibility. I can see him um, twelve for sure. Who you got up next? Oh oh, my boy, man, Brandon Ayuk. He was next on my list. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Ayuk, man. I mean, this dude has come off of career highs across the board. You know what I'm saying? Targets, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Now, his chemistry that he has with Purdy is all based Top off that. If Jimmy G was there, I would not feel the same about this kid. Facts. But with Purdy, they on the same page. It looked like Debo Sammy has now taken the back seat. And this guy is now the guy. Um, a, a, a sweet stat people don't know. Um, Ayuk was uh, eighth in open rate as far as getting open, and that was tied with Devontae Adams last year, right? So great r- route runner. Um, I like the division he's in. It's not like a lot of killer cornerbacks over there. The Rams are going to be horrible this year. Seattle, uh, Arizona. Uh, you know what I mean? So in in the within the division, he'll face a lot of teams with not pretty good um uh pass defenses. Um despite he's ranked only 36 in deep targets and 30th in the red zone targets, you know, he still was able to get eight touchdowns this year, you know what I'm saying? So or last year. Um and Purdy's gonna be even more comfortable. So I I, I can see the uh, uptick. As far as the deep ball, especially with their current connection, right. And, I, and also, with, you know, with CMC being there, it's all a plus. You know, what I'm saying it's helps not a lot. And even with Debo Samuel's being the guy that maybe offense defenses will pay attention to a little bit more, even though I think he's now one of the most high end decoys in the game. In my Facts. opinion, to say yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? But Debo is not. They're going to put him in motion to to take your eye off of IU and, and others. And right. next thing you know, it's going to be a one-on-one situation. And IU is sneaky fast. Like, what, do, what do you put on IU? Do you put number one corners over here? Number one corner, you see what I'm saying? So would the number one corner be on a Debo if he's not in the slot? Um, or do you chase Ayuk around? So I think he's going to just see way better coverage. Um, but And then your safeties, they got to keep their eye on Kittle and keep their eye on CMC. So he's going to have a lot of one-on-one situations. And get this, Buddy right now, average draft position, wide receiver 28. Like he And Debo is higher, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what people not... People not seeing it. You know what I'm saying? I'll I give you another little um, stat I sent to somebody earlier today. Um, Brock Purdy had 151 completions. And, and 22. And right, 36 to C-Mac and 32 was the IU. Deep only had 22 of those. So he's already second on the team as far as completions. And this, and that's to the running back who probably more screens and dump-offs like that. So right. um, IU, man, I think he's the guy. You know what I'm saying? He's the guy to own in this offense. Again, coming in that late as a wide receiver, Man, the upside is definitely there. And this is a guy who can definitely be in the high-end wide receiver, too, um, finish. So that would be my man's um, at wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. All right, so I have an honorable mention at wide receiver. People are sleeping and lightweight disrespecting DeAndre Hopkins. 
Buddy is the only wide receiver in Tennessee right now. Burks is hurt. Hopkins right now is wide receiver 21 off the board. The second best pass catcher in Tennessee is the tight end. And I just don't see him not getting peppered with targets, even though obviously Henry's going to get his share of carries. But yeah, this is a run team. It's 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 a run team. However, in the red zone, and also well, you're a run team, but only when you can run. And what I mean by that is when when situational football. And I don't see them being ahead in games to whereas they can just lean on Henry in many games they had to throw the ball more than they would have liked to last year and I can kind of see this a similar setup going this year and Hopkins is going to be the receiver of the vast majority of those targets so wide receiver 21 I don't see any way barring injury of course that he doesn't outperform wide receiver number 21 so for but, that reason, DeAndre Hopkins is my man's in that. So two things, right? So how do you feel about Tannehill being his quarterback? That's one. We haven't seen a good D-hop in two years. Last year, he missed. He didn't play poorly, but he missed most he missed of the time. He missed some time. Yeah. And the year That's before, how I said bar and injury. That's how I said bar and injury. The year before is an injured season. So he didn't have a good season until – over two years ago, so now, but but also take into account that um, his quarterback got injured too. So uh, m- I see Tannehill being a whole lot better than Colt McCoy. So I, I, I mean, I can't put that necessarily on Hopkins specifically, but that's another reason why he's going as wide receiver twenty-one. Um, and we've seen Tannehill put up decent numbers. Now Tannehill can get injured too. So again. Barring injury, if 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 the quarterback or if Hopkins obviously um, gets hurt, then I can see things kind of going awry. But I don't see him not outperforming significantly wide receiver number twenty one. I, I can't see him not being a high end wide receiver two minimally. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I like. I mean, it's the thing. We the thing like we going off the name D Hop, right? And, and we say wide receiver twenty one, but. There's a there's some dudes, man. Like, real quick, like who would you have him? Okay, the top three guys, of course, Jefferson, Chase, and Hill, right? Right. Cook, Adams, AJ, Lamb, and Diggs. Okay. Right. St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Waddle, Metcalf, Higgins. Um really? We, that, we do that's- that's well, I, I would put him right there, maybe right behind Higgins, and that's, so that's only like because 13. of Chase. So that's like right. 13. Yeah. So so I haven't even named Devontae Co- Smith. I haven't named Amari Cooper. I haven't made Terry McLaurin. I haven't named Olaf. And, 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 and I I would have him right there with those guys. So that, I would have him right it. there with those guys. That's already I'm so already that, that's why that's why I said front end wide receiver too. Cause that that's what 13, 14, 15, 16 in, in that area. Yeah, that's more 19 ish. Mm, not not based on the name. people you've named so far. Yeah. You you didn't name 17 wide receivers already. When I was when I said Higgins, I was already at 13. I named right. Cooper. I named Devonta Smith. Terry McLaurin. I, I think I think he'll be better than Terry. But not n- not 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 for where he is talent-wise in his career, but looking at, I don't necessarily trust Sam Howell. And also, there are a lot of weapons to throw to on that team. I can see Dotson taking a step up. Um, Howell loves De'Ami Brown. They went to college together, and he's getting a slew of targets. Also, Gibson is getting a ton of targets out of the backfield. So I can kind of see the ball being spread around a little bit in Washington. So, and, and Terry is no stranger to hell. He's injured right now, I so I, I can see them right in that same, you know, right in that same area. I didn't name DJ Moore yet. I didn't name Christian Kirk. I see him better than Kirk. I think Kirk takes a step back because of Ridley. Mm, I don't know, man. I think I think I don't know. I don't know. And and, and it's it's also predicated upon the fact that. 
a lot of those guys have guys on their team that are going to take targets away. He won't have that issue at all. But two people can be successful, right? I mean, we've seen it last year. Devontae Devante and A.J. Brown. I mean, we've seen Higgins Chase. I mean, you've seen uh, uh, Jefferson Athelian. Like, you see two guys be, you know, pretty successful on the same team. But look um, at all the teams where the number one wide receiver was talented and he had no competition. We've seen them go off more often than not as well. So it, it all boils down to, in my, in my estimation, whether or not Hopkins or his quarterback is injured. Because I, I don't feel like he's lost that much of a step as far mm-hmm. as talent is concerned. It's been injury. So if he's as talented as the guys that we're naming, but he isn't fighting anyone for targets, how can he not be in the same realm as them? And you say he's wide receiver at 28? He's, uh, his ADP right now is wide receiver 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where his ass should be. <laughs> he should be around 21. Huh? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's about right. I, I, I think he'll outperform that. Just because if if Burks was healthy and they had a few other, you know, targets in there, to be, I think the beginning of his season will put him further ahead of guys that are just as talented as him. Now, when Burks comes back, I think it'll even out a little bit, but it, it's all gonna it's all gonna boil down to and, and then also looking at w- with Henry, you can't pay you can't really pay as much attention to Hopkins as you would in other scenarios too because of Henry. So he's literally gonna be single cover for one of the yeah, only he, times he, that he's been like out. He's a, it's not like he's a burner or something, you know what I'm saying? Not, you know, he don't have to be. He he's been able to to outcatch people when he was double cover and couldn't burn them. That's my point. Like, now he's the only guy? 31-year-old wide receiver now. He's speaking. This ain't D. Adams is how old? Adams is about the same age, ain't he? Devontae? Yeah. Ain't he, like, 29, 30? Maybe. But, I mean, Devontae is the best receiver in the NFL. I'll give you that. (laughs) <laughs> you go I'll give you that. Him, <laughs> well, well, well. I mean, well, he's thirty. Real, real world wide receiver. Yes, fantasy wise, not quite. I think Jefferson has surpassed him, fantasy wise. But real yeah, world yeah. wide I receiver, mean, yeah, definitely. But what did what did Devonte finish last year? Uh where did he finish last year? I think he had some big games last let year. Let me let me check right quick. I want to say he was up there, um, but he was one of those guys that. His quarterback situation kind of may have played a bit of a role. Oh, he was, um, no, he was he was uh he was wide receiver number three in PPR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but now he got Jimmy G. So remember what you were saying about about the, the quarterback situation. If Jimmy G was still the quarterback in 49 yeah. Orlando, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, uh, is is Adams quarterback proof too? Is or is he Jimmy G proof? Uh, and, and I'll also throw out there that. I don't think Jimmy G will be the quarterback throughout the year. I think Aiden O'Connell is going to end up taking over at some point, whether it be due to injury or just because Jimmy G refuses to throw the deep ball. Maybe so, but I'm still I still got Devonte um, as the guy. I know Jefferson; he's coming, but he had what more catches? He had more catches than Devonte last year. Yeah, and more yards, but Devonte had more. He led the league in touchdowns. I mean, so. 14 to 8. Big difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's, so give me give me him, man. Let's but, go ahead and round it out with oh, oh go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you good. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and round it out with the tight end position. I'll go ahead and start out. Uh I have the rookie, Sam Laporta. He's a pass catching specialist. He's not a he, he wasn't drafted to block. The role within Detroit's offense is predicated towards having a pass catching tight end. Right now, his ADP is tight end 17, which makes him basically free. And I mean, another one of those guys that if it doesn't work out for you, no skin off of your teeth, go ahead and get rid of them. But it would have allowed you to pick guys in other positions that you aren't tight end dependent anyway. And maybe you grab a couple of tight ends and, you know, maybe another one of the guys that we'll end up talking about in a few 
that you can kind of choose between just depending on how the beginning of the season works out. But based on where he was drafted, the team that he's on, and how they utilize the tight end, I can see him being dependent on along the same lines as uh, TJ Hawkinson was within the Detroit system, which means that this guy is going to end up being a lot higher than where his average draft position is. So for me, my first tight end is Sam Laporta. What you got? Man, give me that dude on the same team we just spoke on from Tennessee, man, Chig. Chig, um, yeah. He, he's the guy, man. I mean, um, Oconquo, I think his name right. is. But he had a, an average of 3.26 yards per route in 2022. And, you know, and, and that that led all tight ends. That led over Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Goddard, Kittle, Pitts, all those guys. Now, he didn't have the numbers they had because he came on a little late. Right. Opportunity. Um, but being that now Tannehill's there um, as a new guy and the new sheriff in town, I think the tight end will be utilizing his offense because, again, then again, you said Burks is out and the best pass catcher on the team is D Hop, who can very well maybe still draw coverage. Chick um, number I, two for sure on the team. This is a he's a breakout candidate for sure. Um, I like him a whole lot. Um, I want to see where he's being currently drafted at. Um, for uh, I want to say, let me see here. His average draft position, I want to say, was like around tight end 12, if I'm not mistaken. But let me verify that. Tight end 13. So Okay. Yeah, I, I thought he was somewhere around that. Yeah, he, he has he has a hell of, hell of an upside. Again, if you're not getting Kelsey in these early rounds, we spoke about this as far as getting these tight ends and they all kind of bunched together. Right. This would be a guy I would go after later uh in the draft and be and be satisfied with him as my tight end. Um, but the numbers are there. Like I say, he's number one in the league um with, you know, Ryan Perel. So um I like him a lot. He's a he's a yak guy, you know. Right. Catch yes. the ball, you know, he's when home. he catch the ball, he's basically He's Michael Turner. He's a violent runner. He gets the ball. <laughs> like, he's, a, he's a violent runner. Um, so I definitely could see them definitely trying to get him involved in his offense. Um, maybe off some pass, you know, some um, play action play, things like that. So um, get Chig, man. O'Conco, um, he, he my guy as far as the tight ends go this shit. My last guy for tight end, David Njoku. Cleveland's offense will be much improved. They didn't have to deal with any of the noise this offseason that they had to deal with last offseason. They won't have to deal with, you know, a, a fill-in quarterback until Watson comes along. So a lot less distractions. And Joku's average draft position is tight end number 10. He ended the season last year with all that tumultuousness as tight end number 10. I don't – he's getting – Major targets as far as the red zone is concerned. Watson is very much comfortable with him. And he's another one of those guys that at tight end 10, he's not going to cost you very much to find out. You can pair a, a Chig and Njoku or Laporta, figure out which ones end up working out best or both of them work out, trade one, whatever the case may be, or keep them both, however you want to work that. So Laporta, but, what tight end is Laporta right now? 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He's way back. I mean, he, he's basically free. Um, yeah, that's that's like a last pick in a draft. Look yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and, his, and his stock isn't really rising very quickly. So, I mean, he's, again, one of those guys that if you if you pair a Laporta and a Chig, I'm very much comfortable going into the season with that pairing and, sure. and having spent almost zero draft capital on that tight end position versus giving up a wide receiver one or two or running back one or two, because I went high on a tight end that may end up only with negligible point differences from these guys at the back end. So uh, that's my last guy for tight end. Did you have anybody else for tight end? No, man, that's the only guy I love. Um, You know how I feel about tight ends, man. If you ain't got the top guys and you know, everybody, I do like the Porter. 
as well, uh, especially sitting at 17. I think he's a steal. Um, Absolutely. He'll, he'll be somebody I'll have my eye on if I'm not able to grab maybe a slide, like a Kelsey slid to me or something like that. But which I know somebody jumped out there on him early. So exactly. I'm definitely uh, a fan of Laporta and Chig, man. Chig the guy. He's the guy for me. I think he's going to be explosive this year. Um, I think he can, he's tight in 13. I could see him cutting half of that. So I could see him finishing top six or seven. You know what I mean? So definitely. And make sure you guys visit the Facebook site, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. You'll be able to see Bro Joe's picks. He couldn't be with us tonight, but he's going to put all of his info and the stats and everything that he used to come up with his picks. He's going to put that on wax for you there on the website so make sure you check it out and again we are on youtube so make sure you check us out on youtube for all of our loyal listeners to the podcast uh, for the audio version but for this week and real quick real quick yeah, yeah. Go, i just started a twitter um and that's okay. ff underscore vander um so feel free to you know give me a follow and if you have any uh questions about your draft as the season go on uh who should i start you know any of your fancy questions tag me in it and i got you you heard it here first ff underscore vander the fantasy phenom he'll definitely give you the right answers to your questions but for this week we out